everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today I'm joined once again by my husband Frank and we are talking about the movie Just Go With It. Hello Frank. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. Welcome back. I'm glad to have you here. All right, so this movie was released in February of 2011. It's directed by Dennis Dugan. It stars Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Brooklyn Decker, Nicole Kidman, and Dave Matthews. And Nick Swartzen. And Nick Swartzen. The IMDb.com summary is, On a weekend trip to Hawaii, a plastic surgeon convinces his loyal assistant to pose as his soon-to-be-divorced wife in order to cover up a careless lie he told to his much younger girlfriend. It has a 6.4 on IMDb, and it made over $214 million worldwide. Um, It's worth noting that this movie is actually based on a film called Cactus Flower, which was made in 1969, and it starred Goldie Hawn, who actually won the Oscar for this movie. Really? She played the Brooklyn Decker part. Interesting. The younger woman. And some other few notes before we get into the movie is that this movie won the Razzie Award for Worst Actor and Worst Director. And one other thing, maybe I should, let's just go with it. Okay, yeah. Let's go with it. (laughs) All right, so Frankie, what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? Well, this was one of my favorite movies out of Adam Sandler's like entire production slate. But when I watched it last night, I really did not feel like it lived up to my expectations. And my current rating is a 6.5, which is surprisingly close to the IMDb rating. Previously, if you'd asked me this last year, Uh I would have given it a high sevens, maybe an eight. Whoa. Wait, so what difference did a year make? I'm not sure. Maybe I've changed during this coronavirus period. Maybe I've gotten older. Maybe we watched it in like 4K and that just changed everything. I don't know. Okay. So I actually literally wrote down 6.3, crossed it out and wrote hand wrote 6.5. So we are both on a 6.5. All right. That's cute. Is that weird? I don't know. Okay. So let's break it down. Let's start with what you like about the movie. Do you want to start? Yeah. Um, This movie for me is like the epitome of Adam Sandler stuff. It's got a lot of hijinks that is not really like a Judd Apatow type movie. The the hijinks are really unrealistic. Like they would not happen in real life. And the more you watch it, you're like, you have to kind of suspend disbelief, uh, suspend belief. But there's still this underlying heartwarming, uh, very emotional part that more likely than not, you you end up connecting with. And in this case, it just happens to be the relationship between Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. So for me, Jennifer Aniston was probably the best part of the movie. When I watched it last night, her performance is probably the thing that keeps it from a Razzie, from my perspective. I, I don't think that this movie be- belongs in the Razzie category at all. Yeah, the Razzie Award, I should have looked up the other nominees for the year, but it seems a little harsh. But I agree with you about the whole Adam Sandler bit, that a lot of Adam Sandler movies are just initially not based in any any kind of reality. Like his movies are meant to be glorifying like hijinks and silliness. And yeah, so that said, 
there are, are a few other Adam Sandler movies that I love. This is not one of them. This is mm. a funny movie for me, but it's not one that holds any kind of nostalgia. And it's not a classic Adam Sandler quote rom-com movie for me. There are other movies like The Wedding Singer that I love. This one is not a love movie for me. But to your point also is that Jennifer Aniston is the reason I think this movie does so well is because obviously everyone knows Jennifer Aniston is Rachel from Friends. Mm -hmm. So I think she kind of leans into her comedic, I don't know what the word is, her comedic bone, I guess, but I've missed her. I realized watching this movie, I really miss watching her on a regular basis. I think she's really funny and she's not really doing funny movies now. Like she did morning show. Yeah. That was definitely not funny. Yeah. Which was, you know, I enjoyed it, but I also missed this Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. What else did you like? I like the fact that it was set in Hawaii. Um, I wrote that down too, <laughs> but I just, so this is the second movie we've done where it takes place in Hawaii. Maybe that means something, but sorry, go on. I do feel a bit of a kinship with one of the characters, which we can discuss a little <laughs> bit later. But the overarching thing is that it's funny. There's poop jokes. And it warms your heart. And if you need a bit of lightheartedness in your life with a little bit of warmth, this is not a bad place to find it. Poop jokes. Poop jokes always hit the mark. Always hit the mark. So a few other things that I liked. I liked the kids. They were played by Bailey Madison and Griffin Gluck. So his, I think his name is Griffin Gluck? In real, in real life. I mean, that's fine. His I, name is Griffin Gluck. That's fine. So they play Maggie and Michael, which are their real names. But then their quote unquote fake names are Kiki D and Bart or Bardo. 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 (laughs) So I just thought they brought so much levity and they are a reason why there's warmth and heart in this movie is because of these kids. Another thing I really liked were these small cameos by people that we have now come to know a little bit more. Keegan-Michael Key has like a very short cameo bit as a hairdresser. We all know Rachel Dratch. She was one of Adam Sandler's patients with, with the, the eyebrow. A oh, one one eyebrow. One eyebrow. Uh, Minka Kelly, which was not gratuitous, but sure, if you can get a hot girl, might as well get Minka Kelly for a hot second in the beginning. I I miss her. I don't know where she's gone, but I feel bad that she's not in more stuff. Yeah, I don't know what she's been in either. I was just reminded that she was also in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh yeah, she's for- autumn. For a hot second oh, also. wait, we shouldn't, I shouldn't have... Uh... <laughs> you just spoiled 500 Days of Summer. Way to go, Frank. Two other slight cameos was Heidi from The Hills. Who? Do you remember Heidi? She... Did you watch... You never watched I didn't the watch show, The Hills, the Hills. No. But Heidi is... Was on the reality show, The Hills. And she has this bit part in the movie where they're at the party, right as uh, Danny Maccabee, Adam Sandler, meets Palmer, Brooklyn Decker. And there's oh. that woman who's like, oh my gosh, some kid fell, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, okay, so that's lost on you. And Andy Roddick. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great cameo. Yeah, Andy Roddick, who is Brooklyn Decker's real husband in real life. Not real husband, but who is her husband in real life. And he's wearing the chain on the airplane that says, I love Justin. I heart Justin, yeah. Uh, so that was enjoyable for me. And then one other thing is that Nicole Kidman... 
she's in this movie. It's the goofiest thing that she's ever I, done. Yes, this is the goofiest thing I think I've ever seen her do as well. And I, I really appreciated that. And so, yeah, I think that's all the things I liked about it. Do you have anything else to add? Not really. Let's dive in. Okay. All right. So let's get into what we don't like about the movie. One of the things that I had really liked about the movie previously was Brooklyn Decker's character. Or maybe it was just Brooklyn Decker, the actress. But upon watching it again last night with a a more critical eye, she was such a pushover. She was such a shell of what I would expect a human being to, to be. And she was just so accepting and so naive of Danny's behavior. Like it's not even borderline realistic. It's just like unfathomable. And I kind of get it that she's a, a like a foil or juxtaposition type thing for uh, for Catherine, who's Jennifer Aniston's character. But it just it just frustrated me so much that she would just she would just go with it for so much of the plot. And not just call him out every single time. But that's that's kind of what the movie's based on, is her naivete until the very end, which she picks up on the fact that Danny is potentially in love with Catherine, but she doesn't pick up on the bullshit along the way. Like, for me, that that was really bothersome. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure why I found it so bothersome this time around. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things I want to add to that. As we mentioned, this is an Adam Sandler movie. So I think a lot of things are meant to be easily glossed over. We don't really think too much. We're not meant to think too much about it. It's just to propel the conflict forward. She is supposed to be, I think, Catherine's foil. We don't get a whole lot of background about her. She's a school teacher who like moved to California. Her parents were divorced. Palmer is 23 years old in this movie. So, I mean, that's young. 23 is young. I mean, I have so many other questions, but that kind of bleed into the WTF moments. But going along with what you just said about not liking the character of Palmer, I actually didn't love Brooklyn Decker in this role. I think she's meant to be eye candy, which, you know, obviously she is. She's gorgeous. She's a super model, but she's just not a good actress. This was her first feature film, I think. And I just was cringing at parts because I was like, she's trying so hard. But it's just not, it's not coming across as like good acting. I didn't really mind the acting itself. Oh, because it's Brooklyn Decker. Now I know. Do you think she's improved in, uh, what's that series that she's been in with? Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's much better in that, but she's a very like supporting role. It's not, that show is not focused on her. Yeah. I just didn't feel any chemistry between her and Danny. But again, I think that's probably the point. So maybe she actually played her part really well. I don't know. We're complaining about it, but maybe that this was the intention of... Too much chemistry between Danny and Palmer would have been a problem for Danny and Catherine. So, all right, fine. I've just negated my own point. Do you have other things? Uh, In terms of things that were, I guess, frustrating for me to watch, I don't really have a whole lot. I think Dolph. Dolph's character, first thing, I, I really like Nick Swartzen. I'm so glad that he was in this movie. Sometimes he's in Adam Sandler movies, Uh I think, but he doesn't have usually quite as big of a part. And I've watched him since Reno 911. I've watched his stand-up. I really like him. So seeing him in this movie was great, but he does a terrible Dolph. (laughs) And 
I think it's because now we watch these YouTube videos with like people critiquing other people's accents. Right. And I'm picking up on how bad his imitation of whatever, what is this, a, a German accent that he's yeah, trying German. to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. German. And it's so bad. It's so inconsistent. And I'm just like, wow, he is not trying super hard, but he still provides that sort of levity. So I, that's kind of nitpicking on uh, Yeah, things. I mean, I don't think he's meant to have a perfect German accent. <laughs> like, that's kind of what's funny about him is that he's just ridiculous with, like, with the Coke bottle glasses and, like, the vest that he's wearing, like, the fishing vest or something. It's just so absurd. But so I actually didn't love the character he played, Eddie. I think mm. he was quite problematic. He was... It was incredibly sex crazed, which I think, again, is kind of the point. He's, he's exaggerated. Like he has, as a character, he got like a penile enlargement, right? And there are just times when he's just trying to hump girls from behind multiple times in the movie without their consent. But yeah. Right. He doesn't show growth throughout the movie. Correct. And you are all about growth in the movie. He, character he development. Is, he is very supportive in the pool when Bardo is, is swimming toward the dolphin cookie. Yes. That dolphin cookie, for the record, is probably going to be super moist by the time Bardo makes it to the other side of the pool. Yes, I agree with you. He is supportive. I think he's like the funny, silly cousin because he is actually Danny's cousin. And yeah, he just kind of outright wants to score with Catherine. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, there are other like dated things. Dave Matthews was kind of funny and really random as the character Ian. Uh, Nicole Kidman's husband's character. Yeah, he's the inventor of the iPod, apparently. Go for iMan. Go for iMan. But yeah, I I thought he was funny. I personally am not a huge Dave Matthews fan. Like, maybe people who are huge Dave Matthews fans, maybe this means more to them to see him do this kind of work. But the plot of his character, like, it just kind of felt lazy. Like, oh, let's just make him gay in the end. Like... I don't know if that really needed to be said or was totally necessary to just throw in something like that for humor's sake. Mm. And then zero diversity, which is a common problem I have with a lot of movies upon rewatching them. The only people of color were Rosa, the nanny. Which was very stereotypically. So stereotypical. And then Hawaiian Rosa, who was... (laughs) They were not portrayed in the best light. No, terrible light, actually. And I read some commentary, I think it was from the New York Times, that said, like, the only people who were not white or super thin were caricatures of people like Rosa and Hawaiian Rosa. The only people of color were the Native Hawaiians, but, like, there wasn't even a whole lot of interaction between Native Hawaiians for being a movie set in place in Hawaii. Mm. These are good points. I. I guess when I tune into Adam Sandler movies, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I don't think about these things. Right. That's a blind spot. No, but that's, I mean, same. But now that I'm rewatching these movies with a closer eye, it's, I see more now mm-hmm. because there's just not any kind of representation. And this movie's not that old. I mean, it's nine years old, which doesn't seem like that old, but it kind of is. A lot has happened in nine years. Other things that you didn't like about the movie? I don't really have any problems per se. All of the things that I mentioned are just by design in the movie. It's like the character flaws or the inconsistencies, like those are just part of the Adam Sandler style of movie. Mm-hmm. So in general, I maybe just don't feel like those components make a great movie anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and you can't save it by throwing both Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker in it. So no specific criticisms beyond what I've already said. Yeah, I think like moviegoers today are like, we're more savvy now because we consume so much more content. We want better storylines. We want better character development. So Adam Sandler, his movies don't really have a whole lot of that, I think. It's just silliness. And that's a actually a great formula, though. Just because the more critically-minded moviegoers don't necessarily appreciate it that much, it doesn't mean that he didn't create the most-watched Netflix movie in 2019. Murder which, Mystery. Which was with Jennifer which Aniston. Is, exactly. That formula, it, it continues to work. Yeah. People still love it. People still tune in. Mm-hmm. Just because it has a six point whatever on IMDb doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And I think like, sure, let, let's talk about Adam Sandler now, you know, since we're at it. I remember asking you one question once. I was like, if you could be any celebrity or any actor, who would you be? And you act, I don't know if you remember this, but you said you'd be Adam Sandler. I did say that. I'm surprised you remember this. I remember because you had reasons and you're kind of bringing them up now where he kind of surrounds himself with the same people in every project that he works on. And he can do anything he wants. Netflix pays him a shit ton of money to do whatever he wants. And he looks like he's having fun the entire time. Is he not having a blast in every single movie that he's acting in? Right. Like, I would imagine that the only movie he's not actually having a whole lot of fun in is Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Which or, I have not seen yet. Sorry, okay. Well, we won't go there. But, but I know that's not a... It's not a funny movie. It's not a funny movie, right. But everything else, he's just hanging out with his friends, cracking jokes that may or may not actually be funny. Yeah. And, you know, the other parts of his life, he's living it up and playing basketball, <laughs> you know, with random people on the street. Like, Is that what he does? Uh, well, he does it in gyms as well. Oh, but, okay. like, I think he does pick up sometimes. Um, sure. So the other observation I've noticed from watching Adam Sandler movies is that a, he casts beautiful women opposite him. For example, Jennifer Aniston. I actually wrote down here Selma Hayek in Grown Ups, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore in Wedding Singer, Kate Beckinsale in Click. Oh, Click's a great movie. And Jessica Biel in Chuck and Larry. So he always casts beautiful women. So that's one thing about Adam Sandler movies that I've noticed because I think he produces his own movies as well. But then the other thing I wanted to note is that in these movies, I feel like Adam Sandler's character, whoever he plays, he's the one that kind of goes on the self-realization journey. Oh. He's the one who actually, at the end of most movies that he's in, he's the one who's learned and has changed and has that character development. It is a little bit formulaic. It is, but to your point, it works. And people are continue to be excited to see the work that he puts out there. But like Jennifer Aniston's character, she's... True to her, I mean, you know, she goes through this lie for for Danny, but her character is the same. Um, so it's Danny who's the one that evolves and learns and absorbs and changes behavior and actions. Like the the entire script revolves around this one person's self discovery. Mm-hmm. It's not a dynamic cast. It's right a single dynamic character mm-hmm. with a little bit more one dimensional uh, group of people surrounding right. him. There. I, I never thought about it that way. It's a good point. I mean, this is our first Adam Sandler, or my first Adam Sandler movie talking about it on the pod. So, like, maybe for future movies that I rewatch, I'm going to be looking out for that, too. But that's just my pattern that I've noticed just thinking about these movies. Yeah, I would love to rewatch more of 
his movies. Like Click is one of my all-time favorite Adam Sandler movies, if not the top of the list. Is that a rom-com? I don't know. I don't think so. It's a little bit comedic and Kate Beckinsale is in it. So maybe we can do it. (laughs) Okay, sure. All right. So let's move on to general themes of the movie. This is kind of a specific theme. Sometimes your person is the person who's been under your nose the whole time. Danny's out there trying to meet women, much younger women, lie to them, sleep with them and leave them. Catherine is someone who he sees every day, talks to every day and like is himself but he never once thought that this was his person. And I think maybe that happens to a lot of people. You kind of have this epiphany. It's like, oh, this is actually the person I like the most and can feel myself the most. Yeah, this this could almost be classified as one of the most common rom-com tropes. Absolutely. Another one that I'll bring up, <laughs> which is not the most common thing in rom-coms ever, is the relationship between... Uh, Catherine and Devlin Devlin yes I don't know how I could have forgotten that Nicole Kidman's character yes it's not really a theme that you notice until they tie it all back together at the very end um, where they're at the bar and Danny's supposed to be getting married to Palmer they reconnect and have a a heart-to-heart and they tell each other the truth about what's actually been going on in their lives as opposed to the pretend lives they've been trying to like show off to each other and competing with each other for you know the better half of a movie and i feel like that's not just uh, a sorority sister sort of situation that's a lot of us it's a very universal theme that doesn't necessarily have to be just rom-coms i don't particularly know why this was chosen as a theme for this movie but i appreciated it Mm -hmm. because we're all on some sort of hamster wheel we're all trying to out fomo somebody else with our instagram posts And sometimes it's just like, it pays to be real. Agree. I actually wrote this one down too. I wrote that the frenemy relationship between Devlin and Catherine. I mean, agree with everything you just said. And I, the other thing I do like about this movie is that it, it resolves this passive aggressive friendship that they have to your point. They're just trying to one up each other and then just lie, just kind of builds upon every lie, but then separately, but similar. I like that Catherine and Palmer don't try to one-up each other. I think Palmer is very sweet to Catherine and Catherine is also very sweet to Palmer. There's no competition between those two women. And then, which I thought was a nice touch. I mean... It's odd, in my opinion, that 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 happened. Like, I would expect a little bit more, and I'm speaking from like a a realism point of view, mm -hmm. like those two shouldn't be getting along even though one is pretending to be like a, a really bitter divorcee or whatever it's supposed to be, like you, you wouldn't expect Catherine to be, to be just going along with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice to see them supporting each other, but I also file that under really unrealistic. Yeah. Again, they just kind of gloss over for the sake of this being an Adam Sandler movie. All right, let's talk favorite scenes. Oh, there there's something... so many. There's so many. I there. There's so many like little snippets here and there. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start rattling things. Please, off. I'll. I'll add if I have anything to add. So one of my favorite scenes, and it's it goes back to poop jokes, is when when Dolph falls asleep in the bathtub and leaves his hand in the toilet, and then Bardo poops in the toilet and he gets on his hands. And there's another. It's it's always the poop scenes that that get me. Yeah. There's a similar scene in death at a funeral 
which is a totally separate movie uh-huh. where someone also gets poop on their hands because they couldn't remove it from a toilet in time. <laughs> and it just, it just never fails to get me. Which is really interesting to me because when we watched Bridesmaids together, which is a episode I just did with my friend Lucy, you literally left the room when that poop and barfing scene happened. Is it just because you don't like watching women do it? I got better. So I rewatched Bridesmaids with you that time. And right. I did not leave the room. Flat, uh, you like, were still cringing. It's a lot. That was a lot of poop. Sure. There's a lot more poop. There's a lot more poop. Okay. So you like smaller pieces of poop humor. Yes. Okay. One of the other scenes that I really liked was uh, when Bardo is negotiating, I think at the Pizza Hut or mm-hmm. some sort of pizza restaurant. And it's not necessarily like good acting. But it's really adorable acting. And he's negotiating hard. He wants a pony. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a pony. A flying pony. And he does a better job of negotiating than his older sister, Kiki D. And at the end, he's like, I saw my shot and I took it. And I was just like, I really appreciate this character. Mm-hmm. And I'll just segue into also why I like Bardo. Mm-hmm. He reminds me in a lot of ways about myself because he wants to go to Hawaii and he can't swim <laughs> and he wants to go swim with the dolphins i can't actually swim although i've gotten better at it uh-huh getting closer toward um what someone could consider swimming yeah so a lot of what i felt throughout the movie this this past time i, I felt very close to bardo he's adorable i love bardo one of my favorite scenes is Catherine and danny are in the office and one of their patients is the woman who has popped one of her breast implants. So her boobs are two different sizes and they need to apply numbing cream to her (laughs) nipples. I sound so juvenile, but that scene where they're applying the cream to her nipples is so ridiculous. The camera is basically looking at Catherine and Danny and you can see their fingers just twisting and flicking flicking (laughs) and rubbing. And it's just hilarious i could not stop laughing one of my other favorite scenes is when palmer meets Catherine, aka devlin that scene where they're like like some bar i think looks like a hotel bar or Mm -hmm. something like that i just love jennifer aniston in this scene i think she's she's so funny in this she is so outlandish she plays this part perfectly she opens by calling her limo driver henderson she greets adam sandler by calling him hello boring she slaps the waiter's ass. She's just so over the top. So over the top. And she has to like come up with all these insults to Danny on the spot, like, you know, not being able to perform and that Danny has ED and that she has to explain what ED is to Palmer. I enjoyed that scene a lot. Yeah, agreed. Also, the British accents, which I know. <laughs> <With Kiki D? laughs> the, the last time we did Sarah Marshall together, yeah, I there was a lot of. Fake British accents. There were a lot of fake British accents there. And maybe this is the trend where I do the movies with you where they have fake British accents. Yeah. And they're based in Hawaii. There's probably a pretty small list. Yeah, this might be it. But she she executes that fake British accent. Hello. She's so funny. Kiki. I have a few other lines from Devlin. She has some great, I mean, Nicole Kidman as Devlin. She's, you know, just leaning into the passive aggressiveness. She asks Catherine, do you startle easily? That's a sign of menopause. Or like, can you not make dinner tonight? Why? Are you guys fighting? 
just like the lines I'm saying right now aren't funny, but the way Nicole Kidman delivers them and the context that they're in, they're just one-liners that I was like, oh my gosh, this relationship is so toxic. It's so bad. And then her also telling Catherine that she's so glad that she got her teeth fixed. One of the other things, which is kind of random, is the Dolph scene when he has to describe what exactly it is that he does. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like, Dolph had so much time. Yeah, Cousin Eddie had so much time to come to the airport and like think about his cover story. Like, why is he wearing <laughs> the safari vest if he doesn't have an actual cover story already made up? Right. And he ends up giving the, I'm a, a I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep shipper. I'm a sheep shipper. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of cover stories, if you're going to go and try to win someone's heart over Adam Sandler or Danny, and you go to the school, go to the school prepared with a better lie. Right. Don't make it up on the spot. I don't know. It's just like, if you're going to lie, be better at it. Yeah. But also, Frank, you are someone, when you lie, you need an entire backstory. You're not a good liar on the spot. No improvisation is not my strong suit. That is correct. On a more like genuine note, I like the scene where Catherine and Danny take Devlin and Ian's lead and they, you know, say things they like about each other to the other person. Devlin and Ian, ridiculous. Something, something, I love your taffy nipples. (laughs) But that scene where Catherine and Danny tell each other what they like about each other, that's the moment when they realize, oh, there might be something more here. There's such heavy eye contact. The music in the background is like romantic and you can just, this is the moment that we're led to believe is when they start falling in love. This is, this scene is one of the reasons why I don't think that the director of this movie deserves a Razzie. (laughs) Like it's a, it's a well shot scene. I think we're going to enjoy this next category. WTF moments. I know we just said that like basically the whole movie is a WTF, but specifically do you have any i do i actually have a big one that i have not noticed in the past okay give it to me palmer goes and proposes that they just have a wedding the next day this is right after danny and Catherine share this this moment they come back from dinner and that night palmer says let's just get married tomorrow yeah because dolph let it slip that danny was shopping for a ring Mm -hmm. so first of all danny is a plastic surgeon in la and he's one of the best in the country, mm-hmm. which means you need to have a lawyer drop some papers before you get married. Ooh, okay, I like that. And uh-huh. the fact that Palmer is throwing this on last minute, that's those are red flags for you me. You think she's marrying him for the money? Well, she's just obviously the most sweet person in the world, uh-huh. so she's not. But for, <laughs> okay. for me, I'm like, no, Danny, don't be stupid. Yeah, Watch out for you know half of your property uh, or whatever the estate rules are yeah, in, your in California. Are. Sure. So for me, that was like, you don't go shopping for a ring as you're like taking this person to Hawaii. Like this, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So impulsive. I did write down one of my WTF moments was why is he shopping for a ring in Hawaii? Like, I also don't know the timeline in which he and Palmer started dating or when they even met. I. It's very short. They're quote unquote courtship is incredibly short, but I mean, the second he, date was at DJ McFunnigan's. If he, if he has marriage on the brain, like, I don't know. It just seems so impulsive. Like they're just going with it. Yeah. I don't know. That's just not my, my speed. Going back to the beginning of the movie when Danny and Palmer meet <laughs> and Danny has to tend to a kid 
in the bathroom like he split his his knee open or something like why is he there why is there a kid at the party i don't even know what the party's for but like why is there a kid there is that not the kid of the person who's throwing the party or do they do they ever I have no that? idea very uh heavily botoxed botoxed kevin nealon i think that's him under all that cosmetic surgery wtf moment is the kids whose real names again are maggie and michael but their fake names are kiki d and bardo there's no way that these kids don't slip up once or like Catherine slips up their names oh it gives it gives it up gives it up no well one of them is training to be a professional actress so i believe it and there are a lot of tokens on the line for bardo to swim with the dolphins to swim with i guess but when they make it to hawaii what is what is he playing for especially since he can't swim so cute i don't know that was just a very small nitpick i was like i wouldn't be able to keep the name straight that beach scene when palmer and danny quote unquote fall in love i'm just eye rolling again this is not meant to be a scene where it's supposed to be believable they like meet at the party they have this romantic walk on the beach they sleep together and it's like i love you this might be something Maybe this happens for some people. This clearly was not my love story with you. It took time for this love to blossom. But yeah, that's a hard WTF moment for me. Are you going to share any? I think think you touched on most of them. I mean, I have more. No, please. I think there's so... I just don't know how nitpicky you want me to get. There's so many that I feel like I've glossed over a lot of things because they don't really impact the movie because the movie is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to keep going then. If Danny does marry Palmer, what's his story that he's going to keep to? Like, how is this lie sustainable? Is these kids going to be, are they going to be Kiki D and Bardo forever? I'm surprised. I didn't think about this at all. I've just written it off as like, it's absurd. What is this barking hand that Danny keeps doing? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I, I That was really loud. Is this like a thing that he does in his other movies and just carried over? Is this Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler? I just didn't get those like few bits where he was doing the barking hand. I didn't mind it the first time, but I feel like this last time, Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler is less funny now. Mm, interesting. Can the hotel throw a wedding together in less than a day's notice? I think so. Maybe, if it is just like the four of them or three of them at this wedding. Yeah, I'm pretty sure hotels in Hawaii can make things happen if you pay them. Also, I'm just realizing this. If Danny were to marry Palmer, Cousin Eddie would have to be Dolph for the rest of his <laughs> life, too. I think Cousin Eddie can't be Cousin Eddie. Oh, that's true. But Cousin Eddie, when he goes back to the States or back to the mainland... He has to make sure not to run into the UFC fighter that he pissed off as well. So, I mean, maybe Dolph is safer for him anyway. Uh, There's a mild WTF moment where Danny actually calls Catherine in the middle of the night on the hotel phone. As you know, Mm -hmm. I really don't believe that hotel phones are a thing or should be a thing, Mm -hmm. especially when you're still in the United States and you don't have to use international roaming. Okay, well, think about it. It was nine years ago. Everyone's got a cell phone. How do you even know another room's number? You share... No- this is how... When I used to go on family trips with my family, it would always be like, what's your hotel room number? My dad used to have like a running list. And so he would individually call each room. 
when I was going on vacation with my family, we'd all stayed in the same room. I'm talking about like bigger family, like with uh, other family members, but like, I mean, now, yes, obviously we just text and if you're my dad, you WhatsApp everybody, but yeah, the, the hotel thing is dated. I'll give you that. Let's talk the ending. Please share your thoughts. I liked it. Just mm-hmm. wrapped everything neatly up in a bow. Palmer realized that Danny was not going to be the one because a better fit was right there in front of him. And she did a really mature thing. She's the most understanding and unrealistic character in the world, but yet it all just kind of works out. And I don't really have a problem with that considering how the rest of the movie works. So I think it's believable. I think they end up together for a very long time. They've learned to coexist as people that work together for you know the majority of their careers, I think. This is just a different layer to their relationship, and I think it'll work. Mm-hmm. Agree. I do like we get to see Soul Patch with the swinging beard. Oh, yeah, and the wind doesn't even need wind. <laughs> I think it would have been more fun, actually, to see Catherine and Danny settled in their married life, and I get why we have to end with a wedding scene, because the beginning scene is heartbreaking for Danny, the character. Oh, I didn't think about Remember? this at all. But anyway... At least that's what I observed. But I would have enjoyed uh, a scene where they're kind of like living their day-to-day life with the kids. And Dolph. And Dolph, maybe. I don't know if Dolph needs to be there. But yeah, I think that would have been sweet that we see them as a family unit. Maybe they're at McFunnigan's or something, or they're swimming in a pool. I don't know. Or maybe they're back in Hawaii. Also, can I just say that that McFunnigan scene is grosser now than ever before, given (laughs) how many germs, how deathly afraid our society is of germs. Yeah. And what Adam Sandler was like sneezed on. (laughs) I don't know if those places are going to, I don't know. Yeah. It might take some time. The Ronald McDonald playpen was a very large part of my childhood. And I feel like a large number of children will be missing out on this experience who are born, you know, in 2018, 2019. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Ronald McDonald wasn't that big in my experience. But yeah, like Chuck E. Cheese, maybe like a similar kind of thing. I've still never been to Chuck E. Cheese. Whoa. When I grew up, we had a place called Enchanted Castle. That's where I I think I celebrated like my 12th birthday. Was there an actual castle? Yeah, it was in a castle. I mean, it was like, actually, was it? It probably wasn't. Probably in a strip mall somewhere. (laughs) Maybe we can talk a little bit about the music. Yeah. I really just have one thought. Okay. And... When I think of Hawaii, for some reason, I think of ukuleles, uh-huh. which might not be uncommon. And I think of this, was it like a Disney short, which was uh, the lava one. The lava one. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, at the very end, after like Danny and Catherine realize that they're going to try something together, a ukulele plays them off the scene. And I don't know if I'm getting this right because I don't know my music very well, but I think it's every step you take. And for me, that was perfect. I just feel like that music wrapped things up in a really, really nice way for me. Yeah. I actually didn't really notice a lot of the music and I did look up the soundtrack on Spotify. It has a soundtrack? Well, a lot of these movies do have, they release soundtracks, but I think this movie did not officially release one because I couldn't find an official soundtrack. But the playlist on Spotify was like 31 songs long. And there's one notable song that I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard the song in a while. It was Chasing Cars. It's that scene where it's the hotel room call and they're both like oh. laying in bed and 
it's the song that's also playing when Bardo goes to poop. <laughs> so can you can you sing some of that song? For no, your, for your hard pass, not singing. You don't want to hear me sing. All right. So who's your favorite character? Is it Bardo? I mean, my my favorite character is is Jennifer Aniston's Catherine. I, I feel like she's the most fully developed person. Mm-hmm. Like she's real. She could be somebody that I know mm-hmm. and everybody else is some caricature of something, but she's actually real. So I feel like that's, that means something, but in terms of people that I identify with, I, I feel like I identify a little bit with Bardo. <laughs> what about you? The combination of the kids are my favorite, but hang on. I want to unpack Bardo with you. Is it because you see him in you? I think he's a little bit of uh, a contradiction. So he's extremely grown up in some ways. He watches Californication, <laughs> which is kind of out of left field. <laughs> and he's this really calm and collected negotiator, but he's also this precocious person that doesn't know his limitations. Like swimming with the dolphins. Exactly. And he's just, he's just winging it. He's just going with it. And like, I identify with him on the not swimming part, but I see a lot of what I aspire to be in this like eight-year-old. In Bardo? Yes. Okay. Also one of the, I forgot to mention this, the most cathartic scenes for me in the movie was when Bardo ripped off his floaties in the pool. (laughs) And I was like, I know what that feels like. And that was when I think we, we were like driving around on a boat that we had rented or something. And I jumped into the ocean without floaties uh-huh. for the first time in, about my, you. Yeah, in my life. And that was like, it felt very powerful. Like I had like removed a, a weight on me mm-hmm. fig, uh, figuratively, not literally. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I know how you feel, Bardo. I know how empowered you feel in terms of making it across the other side of the pool for that dolphin cookie. So all of these little pieces of Bardo. That's really cute, Frank. I just feel like there's a connection in terms of his experiences and who he is. Just weird because he's not remotely close to a real person. I mean, why can't he be? Why isn't he? I think when you're, I mean, as a child, I think maybe you don't also know your limitations. Yeah. I think he overlooked that minor detail that he can't actually swim, which adds some what's the word I'm looking for story more depth to the plot of the movie. To your point, that's also the thing that ends up opening both Palmer and Catherine's eyes Mm -hmm. to the quality of Danny's character. Right. Because there's that scene where they're both at the pool before Devlin shows up and they're both like looking at Danny in a very longing fashion. Yeah. And that was probably the transformational moment. So I, I feel like, that problem that Bardo had with not being able to swim, that's just more character development for Danny. Mm-hmm. So I actually literally wrote down, I wrote that on the kids, they're funny, but they're also the catalyst in which Catherine eventually falls for Danny. Oh, oh, yeah. Because the example that you just mentioned, teaching Bardo how to swim, but then also there's at the scene, at the towards the end when Palmer is about to marry Danny and Catherine actually encourages Palmer, like, don't worry, you know, he loves you. He just told me that. And then they hug. But then you see Catherine, her line of sight is actually Danny and the kids at the gift shop trying on clothes. And she's realizing like, 
he's actually an incredibly sweet man. And on top of it, he's incredibly sweet to my kids, which I think if you are a mom, especially maybe if you're a single mom, that's maybe the most important thing is finding a partner who can love your kids as their own. That's a good point. I know we talked about this earlier. So we think Danny is the one who has the most character development. Absolutely. Was there anything else to add to that? No. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is pretty cut and dry. It is. And I, I think I alluded to this earlier about Adam Sandler. He's usually the one who goes through some self actualization towards the end of the movie. So I can appreciate that. Like maybe the women that he, I don't actually don't know if he writes his movies, but the women that play opposite him, they're not usually the ones who need any kind of self-actualization. They are already these steadfast women, maybe. They know who they are. They are confident in who they are. But Adam Sandler is the character who needs to kind of go through this journey. Do we think Catherine and Danny stay together after getting married? I think I think Danny and Catherine make it. They're, they've already been close with each other on a working relationship for, for a very long time. Mm. So all of the things that would otherwise come out through the course of a relationship, I feel like it's already out. She knows him better than anybody else. And I think he's going to take steps to get to know her on a more personal level, as well as the kids, because he, he knows what he has now. Yeah. I think there will still be plenty of hijinks in that relationship just because of the the nature. Yeah. But I think they make it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that maybe they don't work together anymore though, but I do think that they stay married as a couple. Maybe Catherine becomes office manager somewhere else. Like maybe she She takes the job of the soul patch guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to work with my husband, especially if he's like the doctor right? and I'm the receptionist or maybe, I don't know. I think that's a very common dynamic in a lot of uh, cell phone businesses. Yeah, that's true. But maybe it's kind of the opposite in this way. Like they met at work. Oh, fair. They didn't start the business together as a married couple. So do you remember the first time you saw this movie? No. Me neither. It's not really a life moment. No, but I think this movie, I, I won't say that it means a lot to me, but I know that you really enjoy this movie. So I feel like I maybe less so now from what you said at the beginning of this, but I think I derive more pleasure from watching this because I know you like this movie. This is a weird sort of situation because it's a movie that when I see it on rerun, I don't turn it off. Right. And And that's very rare for me. Right. That's what I mean is that like... You can just pick it up along the way and just go with it. (laughs) I actually wrote down here that the title of the movie, just go with it. Neither of us picked up on the title of the movie until last night. Well, we've actually said, you said the word just go with it many times throughout this podcast, but I actually think the title of the movie is incredibly forgettable. It is. I forget the title of this movie all the time. Yeah. You're like, what's that movie with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston? It makes sense after we've talked about it and we've seen it a few times, but just go with it is not a great movie. I wrote down here that through my research that this movie was supposed to be named either Holiday in Hawaii. That's worse. Or pretend wife (laughs) also worse so just go with it is the least worst of those options i think it scores high in terms of like a name like the name of the movie but it's it it is very forgettable Mm -hmm. like big daddy is uh not forgettable (laughs) yes it is not forgettable 
Happy Gilmore, very unique. Yeah, his production company is like Madison Productions or Happy something. Happy Madison. Happy Madison, yeah. I don't know. Just go with it. It makes sense now, but it's not a title that is memorable. Some other points of trivia was when Danny and Cousin Eddie go to the party, that's actually Nick Swardson's real house. Oh, real. That's a nice house. That's a bougie-ass house, yeah. I guess the projects that Nick Swardson's been doing has been paying him paying him well. The In the beginning, when Danny's getting married to that terrible woman who like cheats on him, that's actually Adam Sandler's real wife, who oh. is Jackie Sandler. Huh. And that's the only two trivia points that I have. But I did just want to call out that Jennifer Aniston at this point in her career, leading up to this movie, she was in a lot of movies. So in 2008, these are just like the, the ones that probably made a lot of money, was she did 2008, Marley and Me. 2009, He's Just Not That Into You. Oh, great movie. 2010, The Bounty Hunter and The Switch, which are probably not. The Bounty Hunter, is that Gerard Butler? Yes. And then 2011, she does Just Go With It and Horrible Bosses. Horrible Bosses is much more memorable as a title. Yeah. She plays very against type in Horrible Bosses, which I love. And then Adam Sandler, 2010, he did Grown Ups. In 2011, he did Jack and Jill. I have never seen Jack and Jill. I think that's like one of his worst received movies. He plays both Jack and Jill. Oh, that's never a good sign. Yeah. You went full Eddie Murphy. Yeah, not well. All right, do you have any last takes of the movie? Not really. I think we've touched on pretty much everything. It's an Adam Sandler movie. And it's pretty, <laughs> <That's> it? <laughs> it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good middle-of-the-road Adam Sandler movie. That's how I feel. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the reason to watch it is for Jennifer Aniston and for parts of Nicole Kidman. But in terms of Adam Sandler movies, this is not his best, nor is it his worst. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's on TV a lot. It's on Netflix now. So... If you haven't seen it, it's still worth watching, I would say. Sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Frank, for joining me. I look forward to doing another one with you in the near future. Thank you to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can check us out at Romcom Weekly on Instagram, and we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>